guys welcome back to another episode of horror wine and crime with us kk and the lovely low <laughs> with us with us your faves <laughs> uh hey what up how you doing low i'm good um i must confess something oh my gosh, i want to lay it on me i want to give you an online apology I'm in front of all of our creepy friends. Me um, an apology? Yeah, because I wasn't 100% truthful. I got home um, from, we were supposed to meet at 8.30 people. And well, about 8.40. And I came home and I told Crystal that I just got home and I'll be ready in a little bit. But the truth was, I started a movie earlier and I really wanted to watch the end of it because it was right <laughs> at the good part of Eight Mile. <laughs> Wait, it was the movie Eight Mile? Yeah, it was right at the end when he was about to blow the other guy's shit out. And I was like, oh, I want to watch it real quick. I've already had the lead up to it. Like, <laughs> That's hilarious. It's okay. So- I forgive you. It's worth it. I understand. I was watching, we had... um. What's it called? Witches of Eastwick. Oh, cute movie. Okay, I don't think I've ever seen it. For some reason, I thought that I did. Uh, but then Michelle we started Pfeiffer watching it. Share, they're so cool. Yeah, we started watching it, and I'm like, no, I've never seen this. But it's still. I hear it. He, he, he didn't still, wait for you. He didn't pause it. I didn't tell him to, but I. I'm gonna. I want to watch it. So. <laughs> oh, that's a good one, Jack Nicholson. Yeah, we oh. probably only got like a half hour into it, maybe. But yeah, I'm definitely gonna go back and finish it because it once it started, I immediately knew I was like, oh, I'm gonna like this movie. Yeah, it you gives need me to like text him and be like, dude, bro, I can hear it from the other room. Pause yeah, it. it gives me like First Wives Club vibes kind of thing. Like I love okay. that movie too. I don't know. I'm like, ooh, I feel like I'm really gonna like that movie. A little so. bit of a practical magic feel. Yes. Hmm. Both amazing. So I'm like, oh yeah, I like this. For some reason, whenever I heard the title, I thought that I saw it, but then we started watching it and I'm thinking, oh no, I did not see this ever. Oh my God. I'll have to you just gave me an epiphany. Oh. Um, Lisa, she remember we were talking about different witches to be. She could be Cher from that movie. That's true. She could definitely got the costume. And she would like totally pull that off. Yes, she would. She would rock it. Okay, um, so I'm gonna have to text her when we get off here and tell yes. her she's gonna be like, "Oh my god, so many options." <laughs> but yeah, that's a uh, that's my night as and like you know, a new living hunting. We looked at a place, but that's a whole other situation <laughs> that I could rant about. You can give me the deets when we get offline. All right, perfect. <laughs> I worked, I came home and made a homemade frozen lasagna. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Betty Crocker who? Right, I put that bitch in the oven and hit start. (laughs) That's the way you got to do it, you know? Easy peasy way, that's how I do it. Well, I usually make it homemade, but not with school and sports and all that other stuff. So, And then picked Charlotte up from work, came back and finished my eight mile because I had to watch him like <laughs> drop the mic. That's like the best part. Oh, absolutely. And here we are. And we're about to listen to Crystal take us down a crazy, crazy story. Yes. Um. So before we get into that, shout out to obviously Dex and the crew. Monica, what's up? Oh, yeah. No, maybe we shouldn't. Because you know why? Because they were here and didn't tell us. Yeah, they were at the Highland House in Highland, Michigan over Labor Day weekend, and nobody invited us. I know. I kind of, like, am holding a grudge. It's like, (laughs) we shout you out every episode, and you're not even going to tell us when you're in town. Like, what kind of friend are you? (laughs) I know. Like, and he's going to use the excuse, I have no idea that you people even exist. We don't even know who you are, so that's why I didn't think about you. Do better, Dex. Do better. (laughs) Like, get it together. (laughs) One day we'll be invited to the Highland House, okay? Right. One day we'll be inviting him. (laughs) And just like tonight, I'm drinking my Moscato, and we'll drink a Moscato there. Yeah, exactly. It'll be full circle, people. It's coming, just, you know, 
Just hold your horses. <laughs> um, but tonight we're just, I think, unless Lo has anything she wants uh, else to talk about, I think we're going to jump right in the story because I told her I can't top last week's <laughs> intro story of the woman. If you guys didn't hear, go back to last week's episode if you want to hear the funniest story of this woman who smuggled a gun into what it was like a stadium a white like, Sox game yes white Sox game she smuggled it in her fat rolls we also put i posted the link to the story on our social media if you want to go back and read it go check it out it's i mean it's just absolutely amazing so i told her i couldn't top it so we're just probably gonna get right into the uh right into the episode <laughs> but she's gonna keep us on our feet or on our toes and yes. your seats, all of them, all of the above. <laughs> so tonight, um, we have a double feature for you, if you will. Jealousy kills. We have two stories, um, where of course jealousy is like the driving force behind these crimes, which I feel like you know, a lot of times that's main cause of action in these crime cases is jealousy, love, money. I feel like those are the top three that we always get. Ding, ding, ding. A little bit of the seven sins. I would go right? back to that because it always comes yep. full circle. Full circle. They always, I feel like those could just work in, at least a few of them can work in every single story. So kicking it off with tonight's first story, um, we have our two people of um, kind of leading the case. We have Breezy Addison, who was 17, and Riley Powell, who was 18. And they were a teen couple from Utah. Now, in December of 2017, Riley and Breezy, they were visiting friends and relatives in Eureka for Christmas. Um, so the couple departed for Eureka on December 27th um, just to visit some family after they had seen them in, now I don't know how to say this, Tueli, the city of Tueli, Tool, I'm not sure, but it's in Utah. So New Year's Day came and went um, and, you know, they had enjoyed Christmas with their family. Everything seemed normal. But after New Year's Day, no one had heard at all from either Riley or Breezy. Um, so the families, they contacted the Wab County Sheriff's Department to file a missing persons report. Because, um, you know, everything seemed hunky-dory for the holidays. And to just not hear from them all of a sudden would be like, okay, this is weird. What's going on? Especially, I feel like, after new year's eve when like people go out and like party or like whatever to just not hear from somebody obviously would sound some alarms being like did something happen you know probably a million different scenarios were running through their head so family members kind of were getting nervous their main thing that they were thinking was that they were scared that the couple had gone off-roading and they were nervous that they had an accident with that, which obviously could be highly likely when you do that. Now, Detective Tyler Johnson from the Utah Major Crime Task Force, he says that it's definitely plausible that if he was doing any sort of extreme driving that he crashed, he would be out of sight of the main roads. Um, so... The freezing temperatures made finding them urgent because, you know, if they crash and then they're still alive, but they can't really move or get out of it or whatever, they could get hypothermia or they could pass away. You know, so many different things could happen to them. Um, so a multi-agency search was organized in which family, friends, and community members all participated just going on this huge search to find the couple. Um, but sadly, it got to January 9th of 2018, and there was still no sign of them at all, um, or even of their Jeep, according to 
the detective. So the missing couple's families, they pulled together resources and they were, you know, trying to do everything that they could to find them. And they offered and put out a reward for any information that anybody had. Um, first, it was $2,000. They weren't getting really anything that was useful at all. So they upped it to $5,000. But even after they upped the reward amount, they still had no information like on anything. So the police had just reached a standstill, um, said Utah County Prosecutor Christine Scott. She says they were following up every single rumor, no matter how like crazy or outlandish it was. But there was a break a little bit on January 11th. Riley's Jeep was found parked 50 yards off the road near Cherry Creek Reservoir, which um, was a remote hilly area of the Wab County. Um, the Jeep had two flat tires and their warm clothes and IDs were both in the vehicle. So the investigators, you know, they assumed that if they left the Jeep to look for help, you know, they probably would have taken those things with them. You know, probably the IDs, but maybe not. But especially the warm clothes, you know, it's cold outside. So if they left the Jeep to, you know, hitchhike or ask for help or whatever, why would they not take the extra warm clothes with them? Now, investigators found out that the car ran, um which raised, obviously, red flags for them. So more alarming was a tie-down strap on the driver's side rear axle, which I guess was suggesting that the vehicle had been tied down to a trailer. So, you know, did someone drive it out and drop it off? Like, how, how would it have gotten there if it was, like, tied down? closer inspection of the tires showed that they had been punctured possibly by a knife or a screwdriver so at this point you know with it being tied down and with the flat tires being due to purposely being you know flattened with a knife it obviously became clear to officials that foul play was involved in this situation what was Scooby? <laughs> what whoa? <laughs> the vehicle and surroundings yielded. They had no footprints, no tire prints, nothing at all to indicate where the kids would be. Um, and as investigators followed up on every possible lead that they could think of or come up with, one led them to focus on the possibility that Breezy and Riley were in a mine. We're not finding them on the surface, said Bill Powell, um, Riley's father. So they've got to be underground. Now, it was like, you know, not a bad theory um, because, you know, it was cold outside. Maybe they couldn't find any help or whatever the case was. So then they moved underground. Um, but it was obviously difficult to confirm as there were more than 800 mines in Wab County alone, which is so crazy. Like, that's so many. So to have that many, it, it would take a really long time to search all of that um, to try and find them. Now, as the search by law enforcement, the computer community and, you know, just anybody else that wanted to help continued, um, a tip actually then came in. A local resident said that she had seen a green truck driven by someone named Lee Shepard towing a vehicle like Riley's on New Year's Day. Which is so, like, crazy, you know? Just thinking about it, like, because I see... I might see a tow truck carrying a car 
But am I really going to remember that like weeks later? You know what I mean? It's kind of crazy that somebody just remembers that small of a detail from like a while ago. Now, Shepard, who, again, was driving the tow truck carrying Riley's car, um, he was dating Riley's mother, Misty Powell, who didn't appear concerned by the ongoing search efforts for her biological son. Um, and when police showed up at Shepard's home in Vernon, they noticed tie-down straps that matched exactly the ones that were on Riley's car, which further obviously raised their suspicions. Like, obviously, they're thinking Shepard has something to do with this because someone reported him towing the same exact car as Riley's. He's dating Riley's mother, and he has the same tie-down straps that match the ones that were on Riley's car. Doesn't everybody just have the exact same tie-down track? Tra- I mean, I know <laughs> I do, but... <laughs> but after a thorough investigation and, like, running down every lead, detectives ruled out the couple as suspects. Of course they did. I know. Because that's just what they always do. <laughs> but investigators then focused on... Riley's financial and phone activity, um, which actually helped to determine that his last purchase was at a 7-Eleven on December 29th. And the choice. Right. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, and the couple's last communication was with a young woman named Morgan Lewis, whom they had plans to meet on the night of December 29th. Morgan lived with her boyfriend, Jared, um, Jared Baum. Now, when investigators questioned... I'm sorry. It's just this whole story, like, Riley, Breezy, uh, Misty Powell, Jared Baum. These names are just, you can't make this up. <laughs> I know, right? It sounds like they're, like, in a, like, in a series or something. <laughs> but... When investigators questioned both of them, Morgan and Jared, Morgan initially said she didn't know Riley or Breezy, which, big mistake, girl, because the Facebook records showed that they had exchanged a number of messages. Um, And when confronted with this information by detectives, you know, they're like, um, hello, we have the receipts, we have the tea, like, we know that you knew them. So after they showed her, like, obviously, you're a dumb liar, Morgan admitted that she had known Riley for a short while. Now, Jared told law enforcement that he'd heard rumors that cartel members had killed Breezy and Riley. Uh, A story that, (laughs) right, yeah, Lowe's laughing because it's just kind of bizarre that he said that and it was a story that struck investigators as highly unlikely like i don't know the cartel are just out for a night drive to take out a couple of local teenagers (laughs) that's what i'm saying like like so i just feel like these they're so dumb like first off morgan lies about knowing them when they have messages they have text messages from the phone records and they have facebook messages like that between them so i just don't know why she wouldn't think they wouldn't look into it and she just flat out lied and then he just goes oh yeah i i heard the cartel might have taken them out like so bizarre so obviously detectives suspected that morgan and jared weren't telling them the truth but they didn't sadly have you know hard any like any hard evidence at all to make arrests on them so they kept tabs on morgan and jared for a while following their initial interviews with them um and it definitely paid off keeping tabs on them because three months later 
Jared was pulled over for a traffic stop in a nearby county. And the traffic officer observed spear-like weapons in the vehicle. Now, Jared was then brought in for questioning as the investigator suspected that, you know, excuse me, Morgan was brought in for questioning um, because investigators suspected that she knew more than she was letting on. Detective Johnson says the strategy was to keep her talking because I feel like when somebody's like in this situation lying and you keep asking them to go over everything, they're going to slip up because they're not going to remember one of the lies that they said. And then their story's going to slightly change and it's just going to go all over the place. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's how they get a lot of people, I feel like. So on March 25th, 2018, Morgan told investigators that Jared killed Breezy and Riley. When they, you know, looked for Jared to bring him in for questioning, they found him in jail. So, you know, worked out for them, but it was on an unrelated charge. Um, So during the questioning he mentioned that Riley and Morgan had actually dated in the past. So the plot thickens. (laughs) (laughs) Morgan told officials that they would find cell phones that belonged to Breezy and Riley in a sludge barrel on Jared's property. She accompanied officials to the location of the barrel where a number of broken phones were recovered along with knives as well. Following the discovery, Morgan refused to talk at all with law enforcement. So they began driving back to the jail. As she passed the Tinktic Standard Mine, Morgan began to like just start behaving oddly like she was acting weird so investigators were kind of observing her like what what's going on this is weird Hansen said she's emotional she's shaking like physically visibly shaking on march 27th investigators went to that mine with city sewer workers who hooked a camera to a cable and lowered 100 feet down into the mine As they lowered the camera, they saw an image of two bodies. The fire department arrived on the scene to recover the bodies, which were identified ultimately through an autopsy as Breezy and Riley. Investigators showed Morgan a picture of Riley's body in the mine. She told investigators everything that happened, um, alleging that Jared was furious when he found out that she disobeyed him and had Riley and Breezy over on December 29th. Jared reacted by binding the couple and putting them in the back of Riley's Jeep before driving them to the mine. Now, Jared allegedly forced Breezy to watch as he stabbed Riley in the head, chest, stomach, and crotch. Yeah. Then he slashed Breezy's throat and tossed their bodies into the mine. Jared threatened Morgan and forced her to drive Riley's Jeep to Cherry Creek. On the way there, Jared's truck got stuck in the snow, which then explained the tie-down straps. Jared slashed Riley's tires to, you know, in his mind to try and throw off investigators so you might be like i don't get it what is the motive like why is he so upset apparently this guy jared was extremely controlling and you know morgan wasn't supposed to have male friends now especially because she had dated Riley in the past I think it was kind of to an extreme it was definitely a jealous rage that was happening for Jared one stupid two dumb three 
um, she came, he came with his girlfriend. Right. I think, I guess that that Jared didn't even care about that, I guess. I mean, from what it sounds like, he, he sounds very controlling because even how she said that he was like, I disobeyed him, you know, like he had to be completely in charge of everything so jared was charged with kidnapping and murdering breezy and riley um now morgan initially faced numerous second degree charges and 30 years behind bars um but because she testified against um Jared, she was sentenced to three years as part of a plea deal. So she got a lot less time um, because she kind of worked with the police and helped them. Now, if if that story is true, I feel bad for her because it sounds like, you know, she was just in a scary situation where she she was probably fearing for her life, too. She could have told police right after. I don't really know. She should have told police right after. But I guess if she was scared for her life, you know, that obviously would sway her to maybe not talk to them, I guess. Yeah, but maybe even send, like, an anonymous tip. Right, yeah, like, something. I don't know. This is who did it. This is where they're at, like. Right. Like, you would think. But I guess, I mean, I don't know. I'm not in her situation, so I'm not really sure how exactly I would react. I feel like I would still just tell police. But then also, you know, if they don't believe her or if there's not enough evidence, he could come after her in, like, anger. Yeah. Who knows? But, yeah, she got three years um, because of the plea deal. Um, Now, delayed by... The COVID pandemic, the trial finally resolved in February of 2022. And on April 15th, Jared was officially found guilty on all counts and he was sentenced to life in prison without the chance of parole. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, you know, it worked out good that they figured out who it was and that he got life life sentence but it's just said that like literally that couple died Riley and Breezy died for no reason literally no reason (laughs) like Morgan wasn't cheating on him she wasn't planning to like do anything like they were just coming they were friends so they were just coming over for New Year's Eve and because he was super controlling he decided to murder them which is just so bad bonkers <laughs> so yeah it's wild you guys so, like what makes people snap like to that level i don't i mean you're with your girl and yes they were coming over but He's bringing his girlfriend over. It was like a group hang. And I understand, okay, so you're a little upset about it. But to go straight from, like, group hang to murder? (laughs) It's a pretty, like, big jump. (laughs) Like, you know, maybe have a discussion or, like, if you're upset and you want boundaries, like, maybe talk about it. But, like, don't just go out and murder people. (laughs) I feel like that's complete. Befriend them be friendly you know the old saying keep your friends close keep your enemies closer right so many other options (laughs) than what he decided to do and for all we know breezy and riley probably didn't even realize that they probably thought they were just going to see friends i know they were probably oh my gosh it's so sad for them because it's like they probably were like what the heck why is he so scary and angry at us right now like they did nothing wrong whatsoever but they probably also had a feeling because i feel like 
if he was that angry about it, he's probably not showing his, uh, he's probably not hiding his emotions well. And this is probably isn't the first kind of, like, you know how you have a friend over, maybe they come over as a couple and you can sense like, okay, the friend's significant other kind of doesn't want us here. You just get that sense. like Yeah, right. Like, okay, like, should I stay? Should I go? And if it happens routinely, you know, you come over and they go in the other room or they leave or there is just kind of like, I don't know. I feel like people, like, they have a hard time hiding it fully. Usually you can sense if your significant other, I'm sorry, if your friend's significant other, like, truly doesn't like you. Right. Like, there's an awkward, like, tense feeling, like, where you just feel it. Like, you feel awkward. Like, they were fighting right before you rang the doorbell. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and they're going like to fight that. when you leave. <laughs> right. Which, honestly, that's how it should have been. He should have just, you know, argued with her if that made him that upset. Um, not take it out on them and kill them. And, like, I mean, he shouldn't have obviously killed either of them. But why kill Breezy? Like, she's a girl and she's not trying to get with your girl. Like, why kill her, too? Just, I guess, for collateral damage reasons but yeah people are quick to uh quick to make some rest rest decisions but i'm sure he regrets it now for the rest of his life being in prison as he should yeah now on to our second story of this jealousy themed episode um are you gonna end this note on a good note or are we just gonna keep going downhill Let's, well, we'll find out. I don't know. I guess we're going to have to wait and see and you can let me know how you feel about it afterwards. Well, judging by the title of our podcast, I'm going to go ahead and say it's not going to get better. Yeah, not not sure it's going to be like all super rainbows and butterflies. <laughs> all right, people, she's not giving us a happy ending. <laughs> well, you never know. Sometimes there's some happy endings in our stories. <laughs> That you can just say as like, are you going to like massage parlors? Oh my gosh, you took that completely opposite way. <laughs> Not today, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Not this episode. <laughs> now on to our second story of tonight, um, of the jealousy themed stories. This story centers around um these lovely folks. Narcisco Banos, who was 49, Francisca Carrizales, who was 42, and a man that they both knew very well, Francisco Romero. Which all these names, Narcisco, Francisca, and Francesco, so confusing, <laughs> just weird and similar. Like, how are, do you all know each other and you all basically have like the same name? <laughs> And we're going to clean it up for you. Yeah, Lowe had the perfect idea. So, Banos is Banos. Got that? Banos <laughs> is Narcisco. They're... Franny is Francisca. Frank will be Francisco or Romeo, but however you want to call it. And then this way we'll know which one you're talking about. Yeah, that will definitely make it easier as opposed to me being like Narcisco and Francisca and Francesco. <laughs> because it's going to turn into a drinking game that we have to do a shot every time she messes it up. And then you people are driving to work and then I'm going to get letters saying how you got <laughs> drunk driving tickets and it's my fault and I have to pay it and bail you out. And I don't have that. And then also, it's also going to take Crystal like 45 years to get through this episode because she's going to mess up in the name and then we're going to laugh and then we're going to have to edit it and go back and record it. So let's just make everybody's life easy. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lo, for your stellar idea. It's going to save everybody so much um, time and pain <laughs> because the way you described it is exactly what would happen <laughs> okay so who are these people with these crazy names <laughs> so Franz 
Franny and Thanos are married. And Frank um, was an employee of Banos. So that's kind of how they all knew each other. Now, one night, Frank randomly goes missing. Um, Or was it not so random? So police began to look for Frank after his wife had reported him missing the previous week. He had reportedly told his wife that he was spending Thursday night at Banos's home and that he would go to work from there the following morning. Now, his wife noted that her husband sounded like he could have been injured, according to Click2 Houston. And when Frank failed to answer any of her phone calls she obviously contacted banos because it was his boss and that's who he said he was staying the night at um and when she called him he revealed to her he just dropped this huge bomb on her saying that frank was allegedly having an affair with franny who was banos's wife So, Romero's wife, her name was Ashley Gomez, she she was like, this is BS. I do not believe that my husband was having an affair. Um, She says he was a devoted husband and father to their three children. Like, she calls straight BS on this. She's like, there's absolutely no way that he was having an affair with Franny. While Banos told Gomez... That he had pistol whipped Frank. He said that Frank left his property and that he didn't know where he went. Before asking that Frank's wife come to pick up his truck and his last check. So the mention of a check raised suspicions to Ashley. Because they usually received his check through direct deposit. So like why would he ask her to go there and pick up the check and this was all just so crazy to Ashley like you know she's like what is going on she just her husband leaves to say I'm gonna go stay the night at my boss's house and just go to work there then she calls and he's like he's cheating with my wife so I pistol whipped him and then he left but I don't know where he is but you got to come get his truck and his check Now, obviously, like I said, the check raised suspicions because of, you know, the direct deposit. But also, like, what about his truck? Like, he says that Frank just, like, left. Why would he not take his truck with him? You know, like, what, he just, like, went by foot when his truck was there? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, he can clean up his own mess. I'll just see him when he gets home. Right, yeah. And then me and him are going to have a talk, and I may have to, like, whip his ass, too. Right, exactly. Yeah, she's probably, I can't even imagine the amount of emotions like running through her mind. Like, first of all, her husband's missing. He's not answering her phone calls. Then you call his boss and he tells her that he's having an affair with his wife. And then he's telling you, you got to come pick up his truck and his check. He has no idea where he is. Like, she had to be like going crazy in her mind. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, insane. Sorry, your husband can't come to the phone right now. He's too busy pounding my wife. Um, right. Like, what kind of a phone call is that? You want me to take a message? Should he call you back? <laughs> like, I'll let him know you called. <laughs> I mean, do you just need him to get milk on the way home? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's insane. So, eventually, Ashley reported Frank's disappearance to the Harris County Sheriff's Office. And officers, obviously, their first stop was to go visit Banos's house on Ezekiel Road in Tomble. And officers then found, obviously, bro- uh, Frank's trunk- truck was there. Uh, but surprisingly, also, his plastic-wrapped remains were on the property. So... I think they were expecting to see his truck because Banos had obviously told Ashley that his truck was there. But I really don't think that they were just right away expecting to find his body, let alone 
in the property, you know, being like wrapped in all this plastic. It's like, oh, okay, this is happening right now. I feel like usually when someone goes missing or like somebody claims that someone ran away, but they actually did something, it was, it's not so like clear, cut and dry right when the police get there. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's usually some investigating, but they really just had it right in their laps. So when Banos and Franny returned to their home, they consented to a search and Banos reportedly told the police, quote, I'm not the one you're looking for. <laughs> Which is kind of hard to believe just because you told Ashley that he, your wife was cheating with Frank and that you pistol whipped him. <laughs> like, so basically, he's just like, not it. Right. He's like, but it's not me that you're looking for. <laughs> so... Banos ultimately told the police that he repeatedly beat Frank with his fists and the stock end of a rifle before asking Franny to retrieve his pistol so he could pistol whip the man. He then allegedly beat Frank, who was restrained with an airsoft BB gun until it broke, before telling Frank that he could drive himself home. Um, now... Of course, he was so badly beaten at this point that he wasn't able to drive at all. So Frank asked to stay the night um, and called his wife to let her know that he wouldn't be returning. This is just so unbelievable to me. <laughs> they just beat you up. Or he, excuse me, I guess just Banos beat him up. But he just beat him up like so badly that he can't even drive. And he's like, hey, do you think I could crash here? <laughs> like that's so bizarre to me and then he calls his wife doesn't even say like hey i just got like horribly beaten up could you come pick me up like he's just like yeah i'm just in a crash at the boss's house so bizarre because he couldn't go home with the bruises because then she'd be like well why did he beat your ass dude that's why i'm saying like it's sad because, you know, Ashley was like, no, there's no way that he's having this affair. But it's like, I don't know, the more that you look into this, the more it seems like he was actually having an affair with Franny because why would he not, why would he try to hide it to that much of an extent? So in a separate interview with investigators, Franny confirmed her husband's account of the story um, she added that she and Banos tried to give Frank like a slim fast energy drink, but he wasn't able to drink it. They then left the property to run errands, but they said that when they got back, they found that Frank had seeming seemingly died in their absence, after which they wrapped him in plastic hid the body and attempted to clean the crime scene, um, which prosecutors told the court. So just to reiterate, the Texas couple was arrested in the murder of Frank Romero, who was found in plastic wrap uh, on the couple's ranch. Banos and Franny were both charged with murder, aggravated kidnapping, and tampering with a human corpse. And Banos's bail was set at $600,000, while Franny's was set at $500,000. And Banos is due to appear in court on October 19th. So, updates to come with what their charges will be. But, yeah... I just think the weird part about the story, obviously, you know, it was kind oh, of straight to the point. Yeah, the weird the whole thing. But it was like straight to the point and like a quick investigation. But I'm just like, you know, he was jealous because his wife and Frank were having this affair, supposedly. Um, and so he beat him and then he died. But why is like... Like, 
Franny like helping beat him like unless she was scared like he's like go get my pistol like maybe she was scared of him so she just gave him what he was telling her I'm sorry baby I didn't mean it I still love you like one for me and then the fact that they say they went to go run errands (laughs) like this man's like beat to death they're like well I don't know we tried to give him a slim fast energy drink Then they just like go to freaking Costco or something. Like I don't understand. Yeah, I that part seems a little shady to me. I feel as though Well the biggest problem is they weren't really experienced murderers. So like maybe they should have like practiced a little bit and you know figured out how they were gonna do it. Maybe role played a little bit, you know. (laughs) Right. Like I'm like, did I feel like you know, did Banos find out right then that night that they were having an affair and then just flipped out and started beating on him and, like, hitting him so hard to the point that he did die? That's how I'm thinking happened. That it was just, Probably. like, we'll like the first one, like a jealous rage type thing. When they go to trial, we'll see, because he'll probably claim, like, temporarily crime of passion insane. Right. Yeah, so that's what I'm thinking. I don't know. She'll probably not get that long or as long as a sentencing as him because she she really didn't do it. I mean, she handed him. She was definitely a part of it because she handed him the pistol. Um, But she didn't actually kill him. So maybe she'll get like second degree murder or something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, his bail was 600000 She was 500000 So those are close. Yeah, that is true. So I'm going to say he'll probably get life without parole or at least life. And then she'll probably get like 15 to 25. Yeah. With the possibility of parole. Right. That's what I'm thinking. It'll probably be something around that. But yeah, jealous bitches be crazy. (laughs) Now she's going to be getting like scandalous with inmates and he ain't gonna be able to do nothing about that Mm-mm, they're safe in there well you they know can be from him her outside. <laughs> yeah i wonder if they'll stay together like how do you stay together after something like that <laughs> did you hear that though that girl they caught her outside finally who Catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> oh my gosh. She finally got caught outside. How about that? Little, little, what's her name? Little Tate? Little Tata? Little Tega? No, the Catch Me Outside girl? Yeah. Bad baby. No, her rival. Oh. I what's don't her know. name? Little, she's a rapper. Little, little Tate. Tay. Little Tay. Little Tay caught her out there. were beefing. <laughs> this is what I've seen on a video clip, news clip. They was beefing. And then she's like, you know, yeah, well, you know, why don't you meet me outside over here? So they're like, all right. So a bad baby went over there thinking she was going to like, I don't know what she was going to do, but she was Mess her up. <laughs> yeah. And there's like video of the other girl like hit her on the ground and pinned her and like hit her. And like she basically got her ass handed to her. And they're Damn. like, um, yeah. Seems like bad babies like all talk. And uh, if you're going to be threatened to have people catch you outside, you might bump be a little bit quicker because she, she got caught. Dang. She, she got done, catched outside. She done got caught. <laughs> she done got catched outside. How about that? Oh my gosh, the irony of it all, too. Uh, <laughs> like the fact that she's the one that like basically coined that. Yeah. And then she had that done to her hilarious that's like honestly gold (laughs) these people and their beef but yes that was the double feature of jealousy kills honestly there's so many it's ridiculous how many stories we could get out of people being jealous (laughs) jealous rages like we could like make a whole like freaking side series just about jealousy Oh my god, I know. And every time you say jealousy kills, I keep thinking uh, from Halloween where they're walking down the street like right as the movie's starting to kind of amp up a little bit. 
and Michael Myers is driving down the street in the station wagon, and one of the girls is like, speed kills! <laughs> <laughs> and Jamie Lee Curtis is all, like, you know, innocent and, like, fragile, and she's like, you know, one of these days, your mouth is going to get us in a lot of trouble. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And did it ever. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed the double feature of tonight. And if you didn't, well, Crystal picked it. Crystal read it. It's all Crystal's fault. Just blame me. <laughs> blame me. It's fine. I'll take it. Nah. If you didn't like it, that's okay. Just come back next week for maybe a better one. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought it was interesting i thought it was fun i thought it was the second one it's terrible because it's murder but it was just kind of a shit show it really was like every aspect of it so it was like funny not funny right it was just like a short shit show of a story (laughs) it was messy as always, thank you for giving us your time and logging in and taking the chance on two Midwestern gals from the state of Michigan. Yes, thank you guys. We appreciate every listen that we get. And we hope you come back next week to hear another story. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Gotta get the Jersey Shore reference. <laughs> So, well, on that note, until next week, we got to go. Stay creepy. Bye. Bye.